Hi, I'm Jamie. I've been a producer, director, and a screenwriter. I'm Brad. I've been a videographer and a screenwriter. This is TV We Love, a podcast where we take a deep dive into a single season of our favorite TV shows. And maybe some of our second favorites, too. And we are recording. (laughs) Welcome to another episode of TV We Love. My name is Brad, and with me as always is the very lovely and talented Jamie. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) This is when we should... Thank you very much. The the applause goes on forever. It does. Yeah. Forever, until you stop it. Yeah. All right. All right, there we go. There we go, there we go. All right. Uh, So we're talking about episode five today of True Detective... Ah, uh, you know, before we get going, we have all of these countries that are listening to us now. Like we have the little analytics of our podcast yeah. and we have Canada. They listen to us. So hello up there in Canada. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And then we have England or Great Britain. Oi, they listen to us over in England. <laughs> My accent's probably so offensive, you know. And then we hey, have France. Trying. And then we have France. Okay. Let's, oh, I can't wait to hear this one. This is bonjour. <laughs> <laughs> and then, and then we have Australia. Good eye, mate. They're oh. probably like we're we're so tired of everybody talking good eye, mate, all the time. It's not all good eye, mates, and barbecues over here, you know. <laughs> God, these accents are just it. these you accents are, are just horrible. <laughs> and of course, we got us Americans listening to it as well. Yeah. So, I wonder when they do accents of us if they just automatically go southern. Like I don't know. What do you think's the most fun accent we have? Southern I don't know. I think I don't know if it's a fun accent, like but they, they probably do like their, I know we have so many, and can they tell the difference or do they just think like some people sound a bit different? Minnesota. Minnesota. Oh, that, and we know, I know I'm saying uh, that wrong. Yeah, but <laughs> I have a fun fact about Minnesota. So okay. one time I, I had this gentleman in my car, we were just driving around and stuff and he was in town from Minnesota. And that's what he was like. He's like, oh, I'm from Minnesota. And I was like, oh, Minnesota, eh? <laughs> you know, <laughs> like I gave him my best Minnesota accent. And he was like, yeah, that's not really what we sound like. Okay, bud. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I was like, it is. <laughs> like, if you just heard yourself say that. Yeah. So it made me laugh. That is funny. That's like you can't hear a, a Michigan accent. Yeah. Okay. Look, buddy. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> if... If you had to guess where I was from based off of my accent, people would not say Michigan. They would just be like, he sounds American to us, you know, unless okay. I said something like pop, you know. Right. I mean, I'll agree with that. You have a pretty neutral accent. Pretty neutral. There's a few words, but I can hear it in other people. Mm-hmm. Like when you talk, do you think people are like, oh, she's from Arkansas? See, I don't think so, but I think it comes out. Arkansas. I don't think you have an Arkansian. Is that right? 
Arkansan. Arkansan. I don't think you have an Arkansan. See, we're Michiganders. Yeah. Ganders. And I know that's the part where you're like, see, that's the accent right there is the Anders. Yeah, exactly. But it's not. That's like Chicago. (laughs) (laughs) The Bears. (laughs) Anyway. Anyway. (laughs) I forgot where I was going with this, too. The, You're saying hi to all of our listeners and oh, and there's some Philippines the too, but I don't know what Philippines is as far as is. Do they speak Filipinese? Filipino. Filipino. Yeah. See, that's my brain. Filipino. That sounds totally correct, and I'm like Filipinese. <laughs> like I don't know. Filipinese. Mm. Like his name is Phil, and his last name is Apinese. I should have been studying up on this. Oh, my God. You're supposed to study up on this. <laughs> anyway, that was going some... Oh, yeah, no. Yeah, your Arkansan accent. Accent. Uh, you, you say a few words that sort of uh, uh, tip the hat of that you're not a local gal. And uh, <laughs> sure. one of those words is tall it. Instead of toilet, you say toilet. No, I don't. I say yeah. toilet. <laughs> now you do when you're like trying. I could, I could hear that it was like hurting your brain to focus on enunciating every single part of that. Yeah, my mouth felt very strange. Toilet. Yeah, we need toilet paper. <laughs> <laughs> toilet. You'll get it. You just keep practicing. Oh, okay. I'll try. I'll keep trying. All right. All right. Well, that's we're not here to talk about toilet paper and accents. We're here to talk about Zombieland, which we watched today with uh, Woody Harrelson. Yeah. <laughs> no, we're not actually talking about Zombieland, but we did but watch we did it today. Watch it. <laughs> yeah. We did. We did watch it, and it does have Woody Harrelson, who we're going to make this segue seamless is in True Detective, as we know. Uh, and we are going to talk about episode five today, which is titled The Secret Fate of All Life. Yeah, that's a, a mouthful. It is kind of a, a weird title for an episode. Of all Life. The Secret Fate of All Life will be revealed this week on True Detective. <laughs> uh, originally aired February 16th, 2014. And it was rated on IMDb. Well, let me ask you first. Out of the five, oh. where do you rank this one? It's not. It's my least favorite so far. Whoa! Yeah, man, can't wait to get into that. It okay. is the second most popular episode on IMDb with a whopping nine point five. Of course, last week's was nine point six, so this is a nine point five. I believe there are uh, there are or is another episode or two with this same rating as well. Okay. So, uh, and I got a little short summary for it. Uh, detectives Martin Hart and Rust Cole share the spoils of a solved case while Papanya and Gilbo, those are the uh, detectives that are conducting this consultation, yes. we later find out is an investigation. Uh, they confront the detectives with troubling new intelligence. Or you might say evidence. Right. Yep. Uh, and I got a, I got a few fun facts. Would you like to hear some fun facts? Yeah, I'm ready. Okay. This is the only episode of season one to depict all three timelines. They cover 1995, mm. they cover 2002, and they cover 2012, of course. And I have to say, 
it was kind of con- it wasn't confusing, but they jump so fast between 95, 2002 and 2012. It was, it was kind of hard to take notes because they just kept going like from one to the next, like, and they would use one to like set up the other. And it just, it was really, I thought it was a fascinating episode. I enjoyed this episode. I don't know where I, it's probably out of the five, like my third favorite is probably like right in the middle. Okay. Um, Oh man, I just had an itchy nose there. I don't know if you guys could hear that on the mic. Could you hear that in your headphones? No. Oh, okay, good. Then it's just my imagination. <laughs> um, but yeah, so it just jumps seamlessly in throughout uh, all three timelines and stuff. And this is probably the most philosophical of the episodes so far as I well. I would agree with that. The, <laughs> there yes. was some real scientific banter. Mm-hmm. So... Uh, it, it definitely gives you uh, – it, it kind of invites the viewer in for discussion as well as far as, like, what your own personal thoughts are on what the universe holds for us. Yes. Uh, but, yeah, and then the second fun fact I have is uh, during the – I guess you would call it a raid when they are storming Reggie Ledoux's place – uh, Marty is wearing a Led Zeppelin t-shirt from their album, The Division Bell, which focused on the breakup of the band. And I can't help but think that maybe this episode was the last hurrah of Rust and Martin, Marty, uh, because we know there's a divide coming. Mm-hmm. Uh, they mentioned it in this episode, so I thought that that was some unique foreshadowing. Right. So... That's I good. I didn't know that it was. Uh, I I left this up to IMDb to tell me that he was wearing the shirt, but that's all IMDb said okay. was that. I thought uh, it was a Pink Floyd shirt for some reason. Oh, it's Led Zeppelin shirt. Okay. From their album, Division Bell. Am I saying this has got to be Pink Floyd? Why did I write down? I don't know. Yeah. The Division Bell. I want to look that up real quick. Ow. I You're just had one of case. those I just had one of those things uh where when you breathe in it's like uh your lungs get caught on it, you know? Uh, you got to stay alive. Do you know what I'm talking about though? Yeah. Yeah. Oh man. So, while you're looking that up, <clears throat> what's the weirdest thing you've ever stumbled upon? Like either in the woods or anywhere, really. A dead body. Really? Yeah. It was a deer. And you just walked up on it? Just walked up on it. I had no idea. There's this dead body of a deer. Oh. And that was it. (laughs) Do you think person? Well, yeah. (laughs) I was like, this. Why is this just now coming out? Uh, yeah. I feel bad now because uh, my quick research says it is Pink Floyd. So for some reason I wrote Led Zeppelin in my notes and it wasn't until you called me out on it. I was like, wait a minute, that isn't making sense. So it is Pink Floyd's album. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, I wasn't hundred percent sure, but that's just no, I'm glad you said mind. something because I'm sure we would have got a ton of emails and comments on our social media, which actually, Hey, maybe that's what we should do is <laughs> miss 
uh, <laughs> misquote the wrong information. So we get some uh, Yeah, some so everybody's, yeah, everybody yeah. just starts interacting. This is our strategy from now on. So <laughs> if, if you hear from this point forward, and we're covering our asses too, from this point forward, if you hear us say anything incorrectly, we want you to correct us. We're doing it on purpose. So go okay. ahead. <laughs> this is yes. a brilliant plan. It is. This is a brilliant plan. Nailing it. Okay, so where were you going with this? What have you found in the woods? Well, not really in the woods, but I was on a a jog in California. And this yard had, it was just the entire thing was covered in Barbies that were stuck in the ground like they were planted and they were naked so these naked barbies are all over this lawn like strategically lined up in so rows you said, you said this lawn but the way you said it, it sounded like you said this salon this salon <laughs> <laughs> that changes things that changes the it whole totally changes public. things yeah so a yard a yeah. lawn yeah. you know yeah. um and it was just so creepy to run around the corner and and see this that would be very creepy obviously it was just a kid i guess but yeah we should hope it was a kid. i hope so yeah um that is really weird i thought is you know does a psycho live here or but that, i mean that would be a scary kid thing to do i think even it's it's kind of reminiscent of marty's kids in one of the previous yes episodes. yeah oh i have some things to say about that in a minute oh okay. when we get there oh okay all right cool 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 um, is, are, are we ready to jump into the episode then? Let's I, I'm, do it. I've yeah. got all my fun facts out of the way. And okay. Stuff. My incorrect fun facts that we later corrected. Sorry. <laughs> so it opens on an industrial shot. Um, there's a truck driving into a bar parking lot, which just is called the Sportsman. Yeah, the Sportsman. The Sportsman. Uh, and Ginger and Rust are already inside the bar. They're meeting somebody named DeWall who is Reggie Ledoux's uh, right-hand man. And he also seems to be a bit of a fortune teller because of the conversation that him and Rust start happening. Uh, yeah. Start having. Rust uh, apparently has shadows on his face. Yeah, You've got he, a demon in you. got a, a demon. A shadow in you. in you. Yeah, and I, I don't like your face. It makes me want to do things to it. I know. That was a really creepy thing to say. Yeah, like what, though? Like, like what kind of things? Like... like paint eyelashes on him yeah you know i don't like, know do his eyebrows yeah like, i don't like i don't like do the whipped cream in the hand thing yeah <laughs> like, don't let, you, let me let me put some lipstick or shaving on cream so it is yeah shaving cream in the hand. so uh if you were to wall would you be buying what rust is selling his whole pitch and ginger i guess ginger I seems convincing enough even though he's there against right. his will Right. Yeah. I mean, he did mention that he was beat up. I think he that you know. He, yeah. He's kind of trained to look for yeah. any kind of weirdness. So I don't know. Yeah. I don't it, think it seemed, he did. Um, I don't think I would buy it. It seemed too well scripted by Rust. Right. I think like yep. he just went right into a sales pitch. I think uh, it was pretty obvious that this was some sort of a setup. I think to me, yeah. Uh, now, whether it was intended to come off that way or not, uh, I'm not sure, but it, it definitely seemed that way. Um, but yeah, the the Dewall guy, he just starts spewing some uh, 
proverbs at uh, yeah at Rust kind he of did. yeah. So I want to talk about his big freaking red truck. Okay. The bad guy. The bad guy. Yeah. And then the thing that he threw over it. What is to to hide it in the woods? I mean, if you're trying to hide, it looked like it was it was like a sheet that was too small for the bed. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Like it wasn't really hiding it. Yeah. I know what that the is. The truck. I know. What that is, is. Does that work? Are uh, you do you I mean I know you're not really a hunter. I mean I know you've hunted, but it it's supposed to be camouflage. It's supposed to hide it, it's mostly he, what he had was used by the military usually. Okay, it, yeah, uh, it looked military. You throw it over your vehicle so from like satellite imaging you can't quite even though it's not camouflage you can still see the red truck through it. What you can't see is like, oh, that's the shadow of a truck. Like, it's supposed to blend into the ground, so there's no depth there. Like, it's a... So it's it, just confusing? Yeah, it's just confusing. Okay. It, it's, it's the same reason, um, it, you know, when you see those prototype vehicles, the concept cars, on the, on, they're, like, painted like zebras and stuff. And it's so when you take photos of them, you're not going to be able to see, like, the, the detail in right. the body and stuff. Right. So that it's sort of like the same thing when you use that sort of camo for a car you just throw it over there if there's like aerial photography you're gonna be like okay that looks weird but you can't quite tell that it's a car but only from like imagery purposes okay so like but why wouldn't they make bigger ones yeah it is weird that he was like using a smaller one maybe it, it's just because he scrounged what he had it's not like he's I, I mean, military they're, or anything. yeah they're meth dealers they're not exactly right. like you know <laughs> but i was just thinking preppers. there would have it's bright red truck in the yeah. middle of this yeah. brush, you know, yeah. I was just thinking, why, why not get at least a tan truck or yeah. something to blend in? Yep. So, uh, and I also noticed on the way to the uh, the camouflage truck, uh, rust. There's no hurry up, let's get in the truck sort of thing. It's just the guy rejects the deal from Rust, and now they're now Rust is chasing him basically. Right. And uh, he's got Ginger duct tape in the back. He's like, how you doing back there, Ginger? And Ginger muffles some swear words at him. And then Rust, for whatever reason, like gives a little swerve to knock Ginger's head against the side of the uh, the truck to like yeah. hurt his head a little bit. But mm -hmm. he that's from him already drifting onto the road and stuff. Like that little nudge isn't going to do anything to Ginger. But right. Yeah. Uh, and then there's so he has uh, Marty tailing him, and Rust is talking to him on the phone. Right. Or, yeah, or the walkie-talkie. It was the phone, though, I right? I think it was the phone, yeah. Yeah, and so they're giving each other locations. So finally, Rust finds Marty. Marty's, like, flagging him down. Totally obvious. Like, if anybody looked, they'd be like, why is there somebody parked in our driveway? Yeah, exactly. Even though it wasn't quite a driveway, but it was, like, where uh, DeWall parked. So right. I always want to say DeWalt, <laughs> like the power tools. Yeah. Um, so then they start negotiating on when to call backup and then Rust is like, you ever been hunting Marty? And Marty is of course like, yeah, you know, and he said something else. And then Rust is like, well, I'm not talking about, uh, shooting a deer from a deer stand or yeah, something like, right? uh, yeah. What, what's it? Ambushing. Ambushing yeah. is what I was thinking of. And I've always felt that way about hunting. You know, like I, I know there's that joke out there that uh, hunting is a sport, 
but I, I've always said that hunting is not a sport because the other team doesn't know they're playing. And I know that there's a comedian out there that said it, but I said it before the comedian. I just forget. I, <laughs> I think it was uh, George Carlin, though. <laughs> okay. But I, I've always felt that way. Like, I think hunting, you should go hunt, you know, like track it down and stuff. So that's that's what uh, Russ is doing. He wants to go track down the people. And uh, they start avoiding booby traps. Uh and then they find the boogeyman, Reggie Ledoux, who is uh, just getting out of the shower. Yeah. After they raid his trailer, he's he's just getting out of the shower, which was, I guess, refreshing to see that uh, meth cookers bathe. Yeah. Uh, yet, surprisingly, he still looked like he probably was a smelly, oily-skinned dude, you know? Yeah. You know, like when teenage boys don't right. shower for like five days. and yeah. Maybe he didn't shower. Maybe he just likes to walk around in a towel. Maybe he showered three days ago. No, he walks around ago. in his jockstrap. <laughs> <laughs> or his diaper, whatever that was. I don't know how was. long ago that was. Yeah. Maybe he showered. That's why he wears the gas mask. And is then... he, can't. he stinks. <laughs> he stinks. That was pre-shower. Yeah, pre-shower. Yeah. <laughs> and now he showered three days ago. He's been wearing the towel for three yeah. days. Yeah, that was the, the gas mask is pre-shower. Like, <laughs> he wears the gas mask on the days he knows he has to shower. Like, oh, I just shower, so I don't need the gas mask anymore. <laughs> That's it. Yeah, I'm that's so it. glad that's we figured it. out Reggie Ledoux. Mm-hmm. So uh, they bring Reggie Ledoux out into his front yard peacefully, and the story they're telling the 2012 detectives is not what actually happened. Um, and the property is decorated with stick and decorations. Mm-hmm. Stick decorations. Uh, and Ledoux is just a very interesting guy. He kind of looks like Jesus a little bit, too. With some bit. with some very negative tattoos, um, he starts. He also starts preaching to Rust a little bit. Uh, he starts giving him some mumbo jumbo about time being a circle mm-hmm. and flat. Time is a flat circle. Yeah, time is a flat circle. Oh, mm-hmm. uh, we will do this again. I know what happens next is what he says. Yeah, and then he mentions to Rust that. Uh, He's seen him in his dreams, which is nice. I think we've all dreamt of Matthew McConaughey. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) uh, And then he says, I know what happens next. We will see you again. And then he says, you're in Carcosa with me. Yeah. Do you know what Carcosa is? It's. I'm pretty sure that's the name that they gave the, was it like the, congregation or something like that very nice that's kind of what i got from it but okay it was it was mentioned in the last yeah we've heard carcosa a few times right yep yeah yeah um so charles halford is that right that's that who plays that's who plays reggie ledoux yep yep um what a great gig he got there! That just was being a great shirtless. role. Just being well, shirtless I mean, in front of Matthew McConaughey. No, like he, how he the gets, tables have. They're turned. like, okay, listen, you're gonna walk in your undies with a gas mask, and he's like, cool, yeah, you know, yeah. And then, I mean, you know, he's not in it much. And then, okay, in the next scene, you're, you know, you're gonna get your, you know, you're gonna get shot, mm-hmm. right? By Woody Harrelson. By Woody Harrelson, yeah, right. Um, and then he gets to deliver the most quoted line in the series. Time is a flat circle. Time is a flat circle. Gets, so 
And we'll talk about that quote yeah. a little bit more here too. Yeah. Um, so yeah, uh, Marty, after investigating Ledoux's hideout and uh, Rust is sort of babysitting Ledoux outside, uh, he's waiting for DeWall to come out of a of the kitchen, I guess you could say, where they're cooking up Look, some meth. Yeah. Um, Marty just comes right out and shoots Ledoux after seeing something in a trailer. Uh, and then, of course, at that point, his buddy then runs off and trips one of the landmines and he dies. He blows up. Yeah. So this is where they seem to tell a different story to the detectives. Uh, Russ is like, we got to make this look normal. Go get the kids, but don't bring them out until I say so. And then Russ just starts shooting up the place with the AK-47 with a modified clip with like a, a round drum clip. And that's to make it look like, you know, in case there's a forensic investigation, they're like, mm -hmm. okay, well, obviously these people shot from over here. And, right. you know, they returned fire and all that stuff. So everything starts to mash up, match up uh, with their story. Uh. And there were two kids that Marty saw in that trailer. One was a girl who had not been reported missing yet. And one was a boy who just died yesterday, which kind of made me sad. Yeah. Like if they had just gotten there a little one bit day sooner. Earlier. Yeah. Yeah. That was sad. Uh, and then it, during the 2012 interview with the two detectives, Rust then quotes the killer. And he doesn't even say, you know, Ledoux said before. Well, no, obviously he, he can't say Ledoux said because right. he wasn't over there. Right. But he's like, you know, someone once told me that time is a circle, you know. Yeah. And. Uh, time. Yeah. He almost, I mean, he did say someone once told me, but I mean, that's it almost wrong. sounded like he was saying it as himself, you know. Yeah. Yeah. So. Uh, now they're getting praised. Like they're mm -hmm. having a little celebration party. This This is where it really starts going in between the timelines a little bit more often. Mm -hmm. um, there's They're in front of an investigation board. Marty is. Rust is. They, they get accommodations. Uh, Marty got promoted uh, from solving this case. Because as far as we know, this is it. Like, this is the end of the story. Right. But it's not because we're just beginning the second half of right. the series. And... Uh, Marty tells the de interrogating detectives that Rust only got some sort of a... Got commended. Commended. And that's yeah. it. Not even promoted. Just commended. Right. And he had to talk them into that. Yeah. He basically had to yeah. basically urge them to give him some sort of accommodation. So then it starts to jump to the 2002. We see a double date between Marty and Maggie and Rust and his girlfriend, Lori. And she's a doctor, and Rust seems happy. Yeah. Uh, content. Content is a good word. Yeah. Not overly excited. Right. Uh, and it, it seems to be that perhaps uh, they did show one scene where Rust is kind of staring at her as she's watching TV or channel surfing or something, that maybe he's getting bored. Right. With with the situation. So, yeah. But this is the one that we are led to believe that went a few years and came close to marriage. Right. That was mentioned in but, the previous but episode. But in this well. moment, he looks happy. They look like they're having a good time. Definitely at right? dinner. Yeah. At dinner. dinner. Yep. Yeah. Um, before we 
move on to something else. This kind of they're kind of related, but I was thinking about Rust and how he didn't get he didn't get promoted. He just got commended, mm-hmm. and then you know just. Why is it that, I mean, it seems like Maggie really likes him, but really, and Marty kind of respects him, and I guess he likes him, he seems I, I to. I think Marty's opened you know? up the last two episodes right. uh, to Rust. Uh, right. I feel like they have a little bit more of a, a connection than they yeah. have before. Right? Yeah. But they make him out to be such an unlikable guy, you know, that Rust. he's... Rust. Yeah. But from what I've seen, I mean, yeah, I mean, he... You know, he's tough at times, you know, especially with the people he's interrogating and stuff. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, when he's dealing with people, he's not, like, overly unpleasant. Even when he's, you know, with a head detective or whatever. Yeah. Um, I actually think there's something very charming about Rust. Right, right. You know? But he is, why is he not liked? What do you think that is? Mm, I don't know. I don't okay. know. I mean, he comes off as an oddball, but if you just listen to what he says, I guess yeah. he's an oddball for that region of Maybe. the country. Maybe they just yeah. He look seems at to him be like a little bit more guy out. Yeah, he seems to be a little bit more open minded. Mm-hmm. Um, he doesn't seem to have time for any sort of BS. Right. Uh, but yeah, I, I I don't see anything wrong with him. I would I would think he's totally pleasant at dinner parties. Right. Know? Yeah. <laughs> But uh, I don't know, just the way that the, you know, his co-workers Mm -hmm. talk about him. It's like he's just Mm -hmm. this horrible person to be around. But I didn't see that in his character, I guess is all I'm getting at. No, I didn't either. I didn't either. But especially the 2002 Rust, he seems to be more of a a loner, too. Right. Even though at this point of what they show in the episode, he's they're still partners, yeah, but we we see them together a lot less. Yeah, uh, in the little glimpses. Uh, but personally, they're together all the time. Well, not all the time, but they're together more outside of work than they are on the job. At right. least that's the way it's depicted in this yeah. episode. It looks like they did the big case together, and now things are just kind of, you know, small things here and there. They may have to mm-hmm. work together on. Yeah, uh, and then throughout this little time montage i guess is the best way to describe it they're just showing that everybody's like growing up things are moving on they're moving past this uh case uh marty went roller skating with his kids yeah uh maggie asked uh, oh yeah i guess we're rewinding a little bit i, I skipped this part it's yeah so okay. marty's rolling roller skating with his kids maggie's back or they're just all tolerating each other uh marty suggests that maybe being in a shootout opens maggie up to forgiveness or at least the possibility of uh at the roller rink she starts asking questions about his affairs uh he says he's given up drinking he's in a program uh then he mentions promise keepers and i was like what's promise keepers is that like a competitor to aa that's yeah that's what i got it, but it's not out? it okay. is not uh let's see if i can find this real quick i wanted to leave it open oh i didn't leave it open i'm on something else but anyway promise keepers is a very conservative religious group i want to say it's like a men's club 
Okay. And, and they almost promote celibacy. Mm. And and uh, at least they favor that. I, I don't think they're close-minded to marital relations. Right. But th- they are kind of... It, it shouldn't happen often sort of a thing. It's it's a strict uh, Christian group sort of thing. It's okay. it's to bring men back to menhood sort of thing. They, they seem to be, I don't want to say closed-minded, but super conservative. Okay. Uh, there are some feminist groups that view them as a danger to the way of women, So which might be extreme on their end, but they might have a point as well. Uh, it was interesting. It was an interesting group, but I guess for the South, uh, the Bible Belt area, uh, that that might be something where it's like, oh, well, he's obviously taking steps to improving his life. He's part of Promise Keepers, or he's buying into that, or whatever. Right. Uh, yeah, but I, I I thought it was just another way for Marty to like keep from drinking, which maybe right. it is. Maybe it is. Yeah. So. I, I did think it was like AA for some reason. Yeah. Yeah. That, I'm glad you looked that up. I was very curious what Promise Keepers was. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, but later in the 2002, Marty's uh, daughters are starting to rebel, specifically the oldest one. And she's dressing funny. Mm-hmm. Not funny, but she's dressing like a teenage girl. Right. Some teenage girls, right. I guess. It, a little goth. Yeah, it, it definitely seems goth. Punky. Yeah. A little punk, a little bit. yeah. Uh, Marty's asking questions, and mm-hmm. she seems annoyed to have to answer. And I really related uh, to the father aspect of this, not so much the rebellion. Um, you know, Marty just wants to be involved. You know, right. He's just asking questions. He's innocently asking questions at this point. At this point, yeah. And, and, and possibly maybe giving her a little bit of shit, you know, mm-hmm. like playfully. I didn't see anything too interrogating. He just wanted no. to be in the loop on what's happening. You right. Know, he's trying to be present as a father. So, yeah, I don't know. Kudos to him. Uh, but he hints that he's not paying attention, which is weird because he's he's shown in this episode as being a present father, where right. in previous episodes he was sort of the absentee father. Mm-hmm. So... Uh, later though, Marty's rebellious daughter, the oldest one was caught with two boys in a car and they're over age. And, uh, apparently they were doing some frisky stuff in the car and the boys are in lockup and Marty is trying to decide whether to press statutory rape charges against them or not. Right. And the daughter's like, how dare you? Mm-hmm. Marty calls her, uh, captain of the slut team mm-hmm. and she tells him to F off. And then Marty slaps her and she runs off. Yeah. Yeah. How did you feel that? That was this? tense. This, that this was whole tense. Uh, episode was, I think that was the reason why I enjoyed it the least. It was brilliant. It was really well written and there was. I mean, there's eight episodes. One done. of them is going to come in last place. But it, for me, I was just so uncomfortable through this whole thing. I mean, just the, the tension with the. The daughter and, you know, this just, I don't know. It was just, a, it was just heavier and a little uncomfortable for me. How do you, how did you so. feel about the interaction? You're, you're a teenage daughter. You were once. Yeah. Uh, how did you feel about that interaction? Who's, whose side are you on? I guess is what I'm asking. Uh, but you also have the hindsight of being the parent. Right. Too. I don't know. I have mixed, I mean, 
there was a definitely a better way to do it. But as far as who's in the right, and who's in the wrong, that's kind of a different thing. But um, I don't think he should have slapped her. No, I'm on board with you that. Know? He, he you know, he definitely should her. not have slapped her for sure. No, but it was obviously um, a, a reflex to being sworn at right. from your kid. I mean, right. that, that's... Um, he, Marty probably never thought he would have to deal with something like this. You know, they were just little girls, you yeah, know, and you don't I mean, and that's shown in the episode think, too. Right. You know, exactly. And I don't know, is this the same daughter that had the dolls in the bedroom and drew yeah. the pictures? Yeah. So they've kind of shown that at an early age she was kind of heading in this direction yeah and i'm sure there were other signs from that too like i'm yeah. sure it wasn't just overnight all of right. a sudden they're little kids you know with uh, right. crazy curiosities and now all of a sudden she's just yeah. a rebellious teen but so i mean they kind of sh- you know showed that there was going to be trouble if they didn't get a handle on it yeah you know yeah so um so next, Rust is interviewing with the two detectives, modern day 2012, and he crushes a can like the Incredible Hulk. And he, <laughs> he also now has a family of can people. I think there's like five or six yeah. can people in his family. Yes. And he's giving his uh, time speech. Time is a flat circle. Time is a flat circle. And this one goes into depth. I don't even think I could write down everything mm-hmm. he said. He was very... It's like everything outside of the circle of time was eternity. And to us looking out of the circle, eternity is everywhere. It's 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 beyond time. But if you're eternity and you're looking down at us, we're just a circle and that's the metaphor he uses with the with well, I the thought crushed it was can. Man, it, it's to it's us the it's way a sphere. You... To us, it's a it's a sphere, and to yeah. them, it's just, it's a, just circle. a circle. Yeah, because they've got a big. And so we keep repeating the same cycle. Ba- yeah, basically, over and we're over. a record. Right. We are a record, and yep. and I really thought about that too. You know, mm-hmm. because we're gonna, as a species, die out. Everything right. is gonna keep moving on. There's billions of years left, supposedly. You know, mm-hmm. but the dinosaurs were. 360 million years ago at some point the animals are going to take back over humans are going to be gone and the life cycle is going to begin the whole thing is going to happen again now whether it's going to be the exact same or maybe next time it's going to be horse people you know like who (laughs) Who knows knows? (laughs) who knows who knows but sooner or later this is all going to happen again and is it going to be a direct repeat or is it going to be like just statistically it's bound to happen and he got even more specific almost like a reincarnation type yeah talk was that here though it may have been later on it would no it was here it was here yeah he um he talked about i I think it sounded like he was thought he was describing reincarnation that you come back and you live the same life and you make the same mistakes and you do yeah basically the same thing from birth till death again yeah and 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 he he referenced those kids he's like stuck he's like what's the point of living these kids are going to die again Right. Like sooner or yeah. later, it's all going to happen again. And he probably meant that literally. He could have mm-hmm. meant that metaphorically, like all at the same time, too. It was a very interesting perspective. It was right. It was very 
deep, but yet you can take it for what it was at the time, too. Yeah. Yeah. It's brilliant dialogue and it's very insightful and it's kind of out there as well. So, yeah, it is. It, it does make it, you think. It's fascinating. It yeah. does. It's very intriguing. Like, I was losing myself in the episode mm-hmm. thinking about what he was saying and not right. so much that we're watching True Detective. It was exactly. Like, I needed Neil deGrasse Tyson to yeah. come and. I love talk the to writing. Us. Yeah. The writing is amazing. <laughs> it is pretty amazing. Yeah. It, is it right after this? Uh, what happens between... right after this he starts uh 2002 rust is interrogating a suspect guy francis yes guy francis okay. so it, it turns out that rust was called in to come interview this guy because he's got all the assists mm-hmm. in the interrogation room so uh the suspect starts telling rust that his killer is still out there uh the suspect he, he's not even a suspect he he's a guy that killed two people in a drugstore. Guy Francis killed two people in a drugstore. He's was all hopped up on meth and PCP. Right. And in the process of Rust uh, getting him to confess, uh, Guy Francis starts telling Rust, he's like, hey, man, I know who you are. Let's cut a deal. And he's like, you don't know anything, man. Yeah. And he's like, uh, your killer's still out there. He, he's saying big people know about the killer. He says, I'll tell you about the Yellow King. And that's when Rust is like, this guy actually does know something because nobody's mentioned the Yellow King. And they've not heard the Yellow King in probably seven years. So Rust goes a little bit uh, PTSD crazy. And he starts slapping around the suspect guy, Francis. And uh, he goes berserk. He really does go berserk. And other detectives had to come in and intervene. And they pulled him out. Mm hmm. And so, but to get him to to confess, Russ was pretty brilliant. He he told him, uh, yeah, he's like, I was on drugs, so I don't think I was really in my mind. And so Russ said, that's right, that's right, man. Mm-hmm. You know, you were, it's not your fault. Uh, the drugs made you insane. Yeah. And, you know, he said, you know, you're insane and you do it, but you, you're on drugs, which makes you insane, and you do it. He's like, it's, it's the same thing, or something yeah, to that nature. That, well, yeah. how do, do you? What is your take on that? Do you think that someone sh- should be able to plead insanity if they were? I don't know. On That's drugs? a hard one. That's a hard one for me to answer because I'm pretty naive when it comes to drugs. Like I've yeah. I've never done drugs. I've just drank, and when I'm drunk. I've only ever done and said things that I would have done sober, but yet I cared less when I was drunk to do them. So I was like maybe more eager to do them or something like that. Right. Like, uh, you know, like I should tell this person, you know, right. that I think they're an idiot or something like that. And I would probably never say that for better judgment when yeah. I'm sober, but when I'm drunk, I'd be like, oh, I'm going to mm-hmm. do it now. So right. uh, as far as the I, drugs go, I don't know. I think it sounds like a... It sounds I mean, like a cop I out think to me, that but, exactly yeah. that's what I was going to say because you're responsible. Yeah. Even if you were irresponsible in that moment, you are responsible for your own. Yeah, I, I mean responsibility. So. I'm sure there's drugs out there that can make you be a totally different person mm-hmm. uh, if you're unaware of your actions. I suppose that's a case for innocence. But I guess it or temporary be- insanity. Right. Um, in case it would be 
But you'd What's really have the to convince, reason for the insanity, though. You, you'd really have to convince the jury, though, that yeah. you had no idea, no control of what you're doing. You would have to be drugged, probably, by someone else for <laughs> it. <laughs> yeah. You know. Yeah. Yeah. But that's a different crime. So it's a different story altogether. Right. I had to beat him to death with his own shoes. <laughs> Have you ever seen Wayne's World 2? Yeah. Yeah, that's the, yeah, the roadie. The roadie tells that story about the 5,000 brown M&Ms for Ozzy or he wouldn't go on stage. <laughs> <laughs> that makes me want to watch Wayne's World now. All right. Yeah. Anyway. Um, it's been forever. So after that, Marty's looking in the mirror about how he's getting balder and older. And he's just sort of reflecting. It's oh, just yeah. one of those things. Yeah, he wasn't liking it. Yeah. And then cut uh, to him at his desk, and Russ comes in, and he's like, hey, we got to go. I got, you know, we got to go talk to somebody. Yeah. You know, uh, the 2002 team are talking Yellow King and a task force, and the new suspect turns up dead. Uh, that's the person who Russ was taking Marty to see. Uh, Russ starts investigating the lawyer that he supposedly called because, you know, Guy Francis right. yeah, is, is dead in his jail cell and he received a phone call from his lawyer. Uh, it turns out that the phone call from his lawyer came from a pay phone and, of course, Rust wants that dusted for fingerprints and the 2012 lawyers uh, inform us, the viewers, and Marty at the same time that Billy Lee Tuttle, the reverend, the guy in charge of all of the church mm-hmm. stuff died from mixed medications in 2010. So two years prior to these investigations by the detectives. Um, interesting that they don't show Billy Lee Tuttle. It seemed mm-hmm. like he they was going to be mentioned. Yeah. It seemed like he was going to be a prominent character. Yeah. I mean, he keeps his name keeps coming up, but he was huge in those first three episodes right. for but sure. We really haven't seen him. Nope. Um, well, there were two things I wanted to say about Marty mm-hmm. in his interview portions. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, first of all, he was so very protective of Rust, even in these, you know, interviews. Yeah. You know, he was, yeah. you know, he said the the amazing line, you think you were getting a, a read on him, but Russ was getting a read on you. Yep. You know? Yep. Um, and that's so true. Yeah. You know, and you could see it when. And, and this is when it's sort of slowly revealed to us, too. Right. Where this is not uh, an investigation on the case. This is an investigation on Rust. Right. This is the where he figured it out. And he, and, but even at that point, he was just like, you better tell me what's going on or I'm out of here. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So, um, so at this point, he's still defending Rust. Yeah. Um, and the other thing about Marty back the interview before with the detectives, or I don't know, it seems almost like an interrogation now. Yeah. Um, but Woody's uh, life slips through your fingers monologue, man, that choked me up. Yeah. And it's so true. Yeah. You know, there, I can't tell you how many times like I'll find a picture. And I'll I'll look at it and I'll be like I you know I was so unhappy about this or that or my my body or my hair or whatever yeah. at that time and you look back and you're like man I wish I knew how great that was 
Yeah. You know, at that time, I wish I would have appreciated it. Yeah. And I mean, it's true. Yeah. I so. saw a meme one time that said, I wish I was as fat as I was when I thought I was fat. Right. You know, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Like exactly. you, are, you always think it's bad. Wait 10 years. And right. Then look back at it. But yeah, I think that just goes to show that life isn't bad in general. Exactly. All. I mean, there's yeah. bad days or whatever, but when you look back at stuff, you, you generally have a happy, nostalgic feeling. Yeah. So it's like, right. You, you never recognize the good times when you're in mm-hmm. them, but the good times were always yesterday. Right. So it's just, you're making memories. Yeah. So, so anyway, and I thought he did a fantastic job. I, it, I agreed with him and it choked me up. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, there were so, definitely some emotions in this episode. Yeah, I think with any good it was written, it was good. I don't. I mean, I don't want. I'm, I know I said it was one of my least favorites, but or my least favorite so far. Yeah. Um, but it's just because it made me uncomfortable, but in a brilliant way. Yeah, like in the way that the writing did what it was supposed to do, and the acting came through. And, right. You know. Right. So. I get it. Yeah. I get it. So. After that little montage, Russ starts going off investigating on his own, and he goes to the very first tree. Is yeah, that, that's, is that where that's he goes? what I got. I wrote that down as well. I, I, original tree, the original tree from episode one, where right. they found Dora Lang, mm-hmm. um, Antler Girl, Antler Girl, Ant- <laughs> the Jane, <laughs> Jane Doe Elope. <laughs> yes, Jane. Oh, uh, yeah, that's right. Uh, and there's new stick sculptures there. Mm-hmm. How could there be new stick sculptures there if they killed Reggie the stick Ledoux? Maker. Yeah. The stick sculpture maker. Uh, so then that's when Marty tells them that Russ was getting a read on them. And uh, so after that, it, it, it shows 2002 Rust. He's now visiting the school that was shut down at Hurricane Andrew. He's got his mm-hmm. flashlight. He's walking in. I can't believe the building is still standing because they were there in 1995. It's now 2002. Mm-hmm. I mean, how long is this building just going to sit abandoned? Like, right. I mean, sooner yeah. or later, it either gets tore down or repurposed. Right. So. And it's funny because there's that flat circle. He's retracing it yeah. all again, yeah. even yeah. in this the small... Yep. scale you know he went yep. back to the the tree he's now he's going back to the school yeah see i didn't even pick up on that but that's obviously this theme yeah is, is yeah yeah uh so then the 2012 detectives start showing uh uh marty and rust photos of rust at the new crime scenes mm-hmm. so they're starting this is when it's being unraveled to us that uh, Rust is becoming a suspect in right. these murders. How how does he show up at all these murders? Uh, yeah, and and he was only on the case with Marty for three months, and then the the Dora Lane case popped up, and he w- did all the detective work, which we knew. Right, R- Rust right. was the detective, yes. but now it's twisted in a way where. It, it was like maybe he was uh, manufacturing right. the evidence in the case, and yeah. he was kind of pulling. And they're they're making a solid case. Mm-hmm. Like it, I we we've seen this before. But if you didn't know, you might right. be thinking right now, like, did Russ really do it? Is Russ the Yellow King? You know, 
Right. So it's... Yeah, it does make you go back. It's so brilliantly written that if you go back mm -hmm. and rethink all the the things, Mm -hmm. it could make sense that Russ was the killer. I mean, it it doesn't make sense when you see him... Perspective is about perspective it is perspective but yep. 2002 Russ is still investigating as they're talking about this right. so it's like you don't want to think it is but at the same time especially when we were just watching it yeah it, when 2002 Rust is in the school you're waiting for somebody to show up that knows him almost sort of thing at least mm-hmm. I started to feel that I was like what yeah if it, what if what if the Tuttle shows up and they know each other already like hey how you doing you know yeah like, that would have changed the entire right get more comfortable here so, that would have changed the entire show right so and so the billy lee tuttle stuff right yeah um so it keeps kind of coming back to him but we it does say he died right yeah uh, prescription mix up yeah and that was in like 2010 that was in 2010 and yeah. we are led the 2012 detectives insinuate that Rust potentially killed. That he could have, he happened to be in town it, kind of thing. Maybe they Is don't that, insinuate it, but they paint it in right. a way where the viewers can connect the dots of, because right. Rust does go off the grid after mm-hmm. 2002. Do you think Rust could have had anything to do with it during his dark period? I do think so. I think he could have. I, I, I do think so. Uh-huh. Yeah, I, I think. can see him. You know, having a reason, yeah, to do it. I mean, it it makes sense from what we see, and I can't wait to watch episode six. But yeah, it, yeah, it. I, I don't recall. I just know the outcome, and I know some minor things. I, I don't remember everything else, so right. I'm always excited. It's like mm-hmm. watching it for the first time. Me too. Um. So they really. The episode ends, I mean, there's still a couple more things that happen, but the episode does end with Rust at the school, and it just it keeps going back and forth between 2002, 2012, 2002, 2012. It was mm-hmm. just, it was kind of hard to keep up with the notes. But 2002, Rust at the school sees drawings similar to the Burn Church. And they're not like kid drawings, but they're not like fantastic art drawings either. No. But they're, they're definitely drawings. They're definitely mm-hmm. newer than seven years old. Yeah. They're so kind of ghostly, yeah. Kind of a ghostly feel. Yeah, I agree with that too. Mm-hmm. Uh, 2012, Marty is hearing from the detectives how Russ is a suspect, and it looks like Marty is starting to maybe buy into this philosophy too. Meanwhile, 2012, Rust is fed up. Yeah, and he's annoyed. Yeah. Um, I'm curious to know if he knew he was a suspect the whole time and he was just there to see what they knew or if it was, if he had no clue and then he just found out, literally just found out that he was a suspect. Man, the look on his face when he was deciding what his next move was. Yeah. It was brilliant. It was so brilliant. Matthew McConaughey. I love everybody's performance in this. Oh, it was some amazing acting. And that that every week it's just yeah up it up. That school was creepy too. So creepy. But there were cobwebs on the last stick figure. The the last stick art that he he lifts up and he sort of is like holding up like a little 
baby, mm-hmm. like like Simba in yeah. The Lion King. He's yeah. just holding it up oddly. Yeah. But it's got cobwebs on it. So mm-hmm. it's like it, it's been there a little while. So right. it, it, it was weird. Yeah. But uh, yeah, curious. Hmm. Uh, and that's how the episode ends. It just it just cuts to black, really. Right. From there. So now there's so many mysteries we thought we knew. It really was like, this is the end, and this is the, uh, was it the epilogue? Is that what it is at yeah, the end? Yeah, it was just the follow-up, you know? Yeah, they were just wrapping everything up, and then they end it with a whole new book like, yeah. of questions. Like, what, yep. what's it's going like, on now? We're starting over, because yep. time is a flat circle. <sighs> oh, my gosh. Oh, my God, you brought it. You just made my mind explode. I, mean, I brought it back around. <laughs> you brought it back around, just like time, just like the record yes. player of time. That's it. Man, uh, we talked longer than I thought we would on this. Yeah. Yeah. I really, I was worried, uh, generous listeners out there, I was I was worried that we wouldn't have much to talk about because I had a hard time making notes on this episode because they jumped so much yeah. between the timelines. And the last like five or six uh, notes I have is 2002, 2012, 2002, 2012. And it's mm-hmm. just, it's like one scene after another where they're just jumping back and forth. And it was not confusing by any means, but just very. Yeah, they, they it's so well done. Yeah. So brilliant. Yeah. You know what I thought about? I thought somebody should edit all of Marty's scenes in the interrogation and put them together. And somebody should edit all of Rust's interrogation scenes and put them together. Mm-hmm. And then have the episode play out like that. Yeah. Because they really do kind of run parallel to For each sure. other. Like they both, even though in the timeline of the episode or the show, uh, Rust is there with his interrogation a week before Marty yeah. is being interviewed. Right. Man, so. I understand why Matthew McConaughey did that in-depth mm-hmm. character. Because he really is three different people. Yeah. You know? Yeah. You know, at least was the 95, the 2000, or 20. Yeah, 2002. 2002, and then the uh, 2012. Yeah. It's three. I mean, he's, it's almost like three different people, three different personalities. I'm still loving it, though. Oh, me too. This is so. But he, but you can also see the arcs, you know, and what, what got him to that point. Yeah. Yeah. And, but, and Woody just, you know, even though Marty changes less dramatically, mm-hmm. he says pretty much the same in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. Um, but what he is dealing with, he all the emotions and the real life in the moment stuff that he's dealing with, he, you know, you he know something nails it. Is something, uh, and maybe this is something to be brought up after the show. But 2012 Marty knows that everything before 2012 Marty went through uh-huh. was good and bad. Right. But he still seems to be okay for the most part. Yeah. You know, like he's right. He's looking back and he's like, I survived all of this stuff. Right. You know. Yeah. So it's interesting. In the meantime, it looks like Rust is barely hanging on. Yeah. <laughs> everything that does. he's survived. He's so. still very intense. He is very intense. Yeah. I, I think, I'm assuming we get to find out what happens between 2002 and 2010 in the next few episodes. Right. Um, but I'm curious what roads, I mean, this really could have been 
a multi-season show just on their stories alone. Yes. This is just so fantastic. Their, their characters are just so deep. And, and I, so I think there's depth. still room for that, too. I mm-hmm. I think we they could bring Rust and Marty back for another case. Yeah. You know, like a 2007 case. I, I doubt they would, but <laughs> no, it'd it, be so tempting because yeah. everybody wants to see it. Yeah. Man, that would be so yeah. fantastic. I just like uh, Matthew McConaughey and Woody Harrelson together. Like I they, do too. It's, just it's fantastic. really it's great. Yeah. Wonderful dynamic. Yeah. It's awesome. And of course, Matthew McConaughey and Brad Pitt should do something together as well. Yeah. So. <laughs> you mentioned that. I did. I did. Yeah. Well, do you have anything? I mean, they else? should probably wear wife the uh, wife beaters. Tank, tank, yeah. <laughs> Who's sexier, Matthew McConaughey or Brad Pitt? Oh man. No, Is this really Matthew diff- McConaughey? No, it's easy. Yeah. Sorry. It, no, I don't care. <laughs> no, I wasn't saying sorry to you. Oh, sorry to Brad Pitt. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'll be sure to tag him in this episode. No. <laughs> You're going to want to listen to the last five you minutes. You better buddy. not. We'll get canceled. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, do you have anything else? Oh, I think I'm good. Okay. I'm ready to snore. Yeah. All right, well, I'll make sure to bust out the microphones for that, too. (laughs) Well, thanks for listening, everybody. Uh, And, of course, as always, I know our little message is about to say it, but feel free to subscribe and rate. We really do appreciate it. And I also wanted to mention, if you wanted to communicate, even though social media is a perfectly fine way to communicate with us, we also have an email address, and it is tvwelovepodcast at gmail.com. So, Don't be shy. Feel free to reach out to us uh, on any of our social media platforms. And thank you so much for listening. Is there anything you'd like to add? No. Let's do this. All right. Those broadcasts are really paying off for you. I think you checked all the boxes. (laughs) Checked all the boxes. All right. Well, see you later, everybody. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening. Check out our social media pages at TV We Love on Twitter, TV We Love on Facebook, and TV We Love Podcast on Instagram. If you enjoyed this episode, please consider following and subscribing wherever you listen to podcasts. We appreciate all ratings and reviews, especially the five-star ones. We'll be back soon with another episode of TV We Love. Bye.